Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bonnie. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to your Monday podcast. You got Clark, Bob, and Peter in the studio today. And today we're looking at 2 Timothy chapter 2. Peter's not going to contribute or be on camera in any way. But just so you know, he does all the behind the scenes. Yeah, he and Bailey, the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're here. They're the, they're the ones that also chime in on these like very very controversial opinions. Yeah, like so. raising canes and Crocs and I'm not even gonna go there. The I know I, we can't up. go there today. Let's talk to Peter <laughs> about it. It'll be good. Um, okay, Second Timothy chapter two, first verse. Dive in. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Stop there. Pause. Stop. Verse one. <laughs> what stands out to it's me is so much time. standing strong in grace. Again, grace is this free. It's a free gift. Yep, it's like okay. God's. It's how God works. It's the motivation for God's goodness and His loving. It's this free gift. We don't do anything to deserve it. Yet it is calling us to like act out in it. Yeah. Standing firm. Mm. And so anytime I think of standing firm, I think about like a root system growing deep. Exactly. Like standing up against a, a wave that's hitting you. Um, standing on like that solid rock that is the foundation. Mm-hmm. It like requires effort and intentionality. And so why that stands out to me right away yeah. is oftentimes we just get going so fast in life. Um, I forget like mm-hmm. why is it I'm doing what I'm doing? Yep. And his warning to Timothy, who's in Ephesus, planting this church, starting it, and giving them all kinds of encouragement and warnings mm-hmm. is make sure you're standing firm in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. Yep. So like, why are you doing a group? You've received God's love. You loved him back. Now you're loving your group. Yep. Why are you feeding the poor? God gave you this free gift of grace. You're loving him back. Now you're going to feed the poor. Mm-hmm. Why are you forgiving someone? Because in God's grace, God first forgave you. Now you can forgive somebody else. Right. God's grace is the conduit for everything that we have received, mm. everything we give back to God, and then everything we do for other people right unto them i think another way to view it is the opposite way too where it's like wow this is empowering you to live a life that looks differently another way like that sometimes we catch ourselves in is not standing strong or just literally passively or like receiving and then just holding on or mm. not acting out like you're saying so like what would that look like like well i'm just gonna live like paul speaks about that don't do that don't just receive these this gift of God and and walk in these good things of the Lord like just unto yourself. Yeah. And so I think that's like okay, you can you can you can lay down in grace and so, in the image yeah. is like no, because all of stand. it is meant to be given to God for us to stand up and yep. then act on it. And yep. that's what the next verse kind of talks about. Like God's given you this precious yes. gift of Himself mm-hmm. of His gospel. Um, even like the the truth that comes with like the fruit of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit and all these things attached yeah. to the gospel, we're supposed to use those things to bless our neighbor, to love the world, and to do yeah. these things. In order to do that, the message of the gospel has to get passed on. Right. Which is what he says in verse two. Mm. And the things that you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach other people. Yeah, and that entrusted word is huge. You entrust something valuable. Mm-hmm. Think about the people who like watch our children. We're entrusting oh, yeah. our children to like maybe four or five different people, and that's really it. Yep. Um, you entrust things that are precious to you to other people. We take yep. care of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I paid a lot for it. Uh, we put oh, a lot yeah. of time into this. I've taken care of it. Will you take care of it? Mm-hmm. We love this as I have loved it. 
And so this gospel has been entrusted to Paul and now to Timothy. Now, Timothy's job is to not retain it yep. for himself, but to pass it on so that the gospel will continue to spread. Mm-hmm. And with that is you have to identify who are the people who are right. qualified to be teachers and preachers. And so it's important that we would probably go back to 1 Timothy, which is sure. what we read last week, to unpack to what that looks that. like. Well, who can be a preacher and a teacher? Yep. Well, you go to 1 Timothy 2 and 1 Timothy 3, and he lies out the qualifications yep. of a person. And notice he does not talk about giftedness or charisma. He talks about integrity and character. Yep. He talks about those things. He said, that's what you have to look for when you're looking for leaders in your church community. Not how smooth or funny they're, how wealthy or popular, yep. but who has a heart after God. Yeah. And that's what he's getting here. And trust this precious gift of the gospel to people who have integrity mm-hmm. and will pass it on as best as they can. Um, really what, I mean, that's a good word. What's, what kind of stuck out to me was actually... Um, to many witnesses. What verse are you looking at? I'm still in verse two. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many mm-hmm. witnesses and trust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach. So yes, identify men, um, empower them to teach. But the message of the gospel itself is what's going. So it's going before them. That's what they're standing in, the grace. Because again, like we can, the focus can shift to like Timothy as a person, who he is and these men or who he's identifying. And it's the, so yep, let's have, people of integrity and character that are passing along the message because it's the message that's so important. And it's the truth of the gospel. That's the, like you're saying, that's, that's the preciousness of it. That's the, really the danger of it too. Like that's another reason why we have to have folks here that have character, that have integrity, because there's stuff that's going to be flying at them now from the left and the right. Once they, they have accepted this message and now they're spreading it and teaching it, it's like, oh, okay, this is, this is a big deal. Yeah, because, because in the spirit realm, if you exactly. think about the adversary, he's not going to go after you if you're just sitting on the sidelines if you're being in, a lazy bum. Exactly. He's going to go after the people who are who are pursuing Jesus and want other people to know Jesus and are really trying to be, again, conduits by God's grace of the kingdom movement. And that's where it goes in verse 3, when it says, endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Jesus Christ, knowing, serving, and then it goes on to these three kind of pictures that we'll talk about. But the word endure, so we've talked about um, entrust and trusting the message and now Mm -hmm. endure like now and that's tough both of those things so walking with integrity and and being somebody that can be entrusted with this but also persevering in hard times like endure that word alone you could just sit with and and i'm sure you could think of too just how many times in your life where it's like whoa Mm -hmm. or maybe someone in your family that enduring is that is not easy there's all kinds of other um language that people have used there, like long suffering, patience, trials, like all this stuff. But uh, that's Paul's word to Timothy. Again, it's not easy. And Jesus's word, even to his disciples and to us is like, Hey, take heart. You know, this world's going to be hard. And the enduring, I feel like comes in different shapes and forms and sizes. So one, you're you're living in a fallen world. So expect Satan to cause a a full out assault and attack on your ministry, Mm -hmm. distractions and sicknesses and financial issues, Mm -hmm. whatever else. But if you go backtrack to 1 Timothy, uh, Paul also reminds him, like, when you get accused, if you have a spiritual leader that gets accused of something, yeah. expect people from the outside to make claims. He's a false teacher. Right. You shouldn't listen to him. They're, they're a, a, a wolf in a sheep's clothing. Hmm. 
and the ground has to be set for you to take all these things seriously because no one's above reproach. But what Paul tells Timothy is make sure you have two or three witnesses that can actually validate the accusations. Don't get sure. caught up in Satan's playground of just name calling, accusing, and trying to cut the right. legs out of somebody's ministry. Make sure it's real. And yeah. if it is real, then there's, uh, then there's consequences. That's different, yeah. And there's accountability. But you see some of these leaders that are rising, and there's a number of people out there, like I've said before, that I think are godly, biblical teachers, and there's f- kingdom fruit yeah. in their life. And of course, people are saying all kinds of things. Sure. Just because they don't believe the same thing they believe about some minor detail in the scriptures. You're like, get over it. I got major in the majors, minor in the minors. If there's a problem, address it. Otherwise, keep going. But yeah. there's that form of enduring too. Totally. And, and I, I can speak from just firsthand testimony of people being distracting at church. For sure. Like there's actually movement. There's a group growing and all of a sudden someone comes out sideways and goes, I want to meet with you and here's why I'm frustrated. And you want to be approachable, but when you look at the reasons of why they're frustrated, it's like, hmm. no, this is a waste of time. Hmm. Like I'm trying to have a teachable spirit, but this is not good. Hmm. And so trying to figure out how do you endure right. in those situations. Yep. And Timothy's a young guy who's trying to plant this church. And yep. then Paul now uses the language of a soldier, uh, yeah. a farmer, and an athlete mm-hmm. to kind of unpack what this looks like. Mm-hmm. And I like what you already said about the soldier saying a soldier does not get involved in civilian affairs. Yeah. Meaning you unpack are focused that. on what your commanding officer has called you to. Mm-hmm. So there are going to be things in the world that are legal now that are, it's that nonsense, it's sin. But there are things that are legal yep. and permissible and are being promoted and are being praised that we should have nothing to do with because our commanding officer says, I got something better for you. Yep. Paul's like, there are things that might be permissible, but they're not beneficial. Right. And so we have to constantly be evaluating, how am I using my time and my resources, my influence yep. to please God himself, mm-hmm. not the men and women around me? Yeah. And uh, we can't get caught up in these little scribble scrabbles. Yeah. If they're not bearing kingdom fruit, sometimes mm-hmm. they're just distractions. Yeah. There's a book written by Robert Mulholland. It's called Invitation to a Journey. And he talks about how there's different levels when we talk, when we deal with our own sin. And the first couple of levels are kind of more gross or obvious sins, where it's kind of like if you're maturing in Christ at all, like, so the, for the first level might just be understanding and recognizing the Ten Commandments and like, okay. That makes sense as far as, you know, do not murder and honor your father, that kind of stuff. And then each level gets a little bit deeper. And so the civilian affairs, I think, also can be interpreted like, hey, things that you know you shouldn't be doing, don't do. Think ways that you know you shouldn't be talking, don't do that. Again, you've said this like three or four times, like reference back to 1 Timothy, but that's the truth of it too. And so don't get entangled in civilian affairs. It's a good word to Timothy. And then when you look at the next example of the athlete, I feel like that confirms again what you're yeah. saying. Let's read that. What verse is that? It's be verse five. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. Yeah. And so when you look at the rules, which we would say is in scripture, this is not because God's a cosmic killjoy mm-hmm. or he's a fun hater. He doesn't want you to enjoy your life. He's saying it's the exact opposite. I yeah. want you to. I want you to thrive. I want you to flourish. So live life as it's been designed by the creator to be lived. And then it doesn't mean you're going to be rich or you're going to have an eight pack or you're going to have a million followers online or whatever, Yeah. but you're going to be in right standing with God. And that is most important. If you can find a community of people who care about those same things that are willing to live life according to these rules, who are not getting caught up in civilian affairs, yeah. it's going to be a beautiful gift. Yep. We got to live life by the word, following mm-hmm. the spirit. And then the next analogy he uses, he talks about the, the hardworking farmer. 
The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of crops. Yeah. Reflect on what I'm saying for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. And the imagery of a farmer is a farmer's involved in the kingdom work. A farmer is going to get taste of the fruit of that kingdom yeah. as they're planting. And also, though, a good reminder is it takes time to cultivate food. Think about sure. a farmer tilling the land yep. and sowing the seed and then watering it, hoping the sun comes out. It, t- right. it takes seasons right. for some of these things to grow, to sprout, to be harvested and be eaten. And so as you follow God and you are not getting caught up in the nonsense and the distractions of this world, as you're competing according to the rules and you're cultivating a life like a farmer, just give it time and patience. Take it a day at a time and trust that God's at work yeah. when you're following him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. If you keep marching down the chapter... There's still a bunch more really good stuff here. Um, so Paul's just uh, call, a call to remember. Remember Jesus Christ. That's verse 8. But then really we kind of highlighted um, what was going on <laughs> with Paul specifically in 9. He said, this is my gospel for which I'm suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. Hmm. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they may too obtain the salvation that is in Jesus Christ with eternal glory. So we just kind of we're struck by how Paul's circumstance again is just so not fun and just not, you know, like so difficult, so upside down and how his attitude though, and the way that he's writing these letters and petitioning for the church is so kingdom oriented. And so that line really stuck out. Um, I'm chained, but God's word is not changed. Yeah. And so just picturing that and sitting with that in my own life and kind of my circumstance and where I am and understanding, kind of having a kingdom perspective that just like at the beginning of the chapter, how the the preciousness that we're trying to walk and live in is the truth of the gospel. It's the truth of Jesus Christ. That's the message. And the message is not pinned down with me. Yeah. In fact, it's, it's at work in mighty ways. And sometimes we get a glimpse of that. And I believe that's kind of a little bit of the fruit where we can see, you were saying with a farmer, where it's like, oh, wow, thank you, Lord, that, that you did this, that I'm able to see this, that I'm yeah. like receiving in that, like, whoa. Yeah. Because we don't often see. I love, there's a children's book that we read, and it's called The, Pris- the Song and the Prisoners. Anyway, and, and it's referencing or, yeah. in Acts when this is happening, and there's these soldiers that you can't see, but you hear their song. And, and I love that picture. I think it actually really resonates with this scripture too, because the words of the song, they're floating throughout the air in the book and all these different kinds of people hear them. The people that are surrounding the jail, the other jailers, the other people that are inside of the jail. And so it is too with the word of God that whoever's heart is soft, that wherever the Holy Spirit's been working, um, that the message is alive and active, that scripture is alive and active, that it is not chained. Mm-hmm. And so we just ask God, help us see, help us see in our own circumstance. We want to partner with you, not for works righteousness, for, for selfish means or gains, but just to be able to to experience the kingdom and to be able to experience you, God. So yeah. love that. That was verse nine and 10. And then as we keep marching, um, what was the next thing, Clark? Or did you have anything there? No, no, we can keep going. Okay. The, the last half of the chapter gets at dealing with false teachers. And Paul, yeah. again, is just warning him to do your best to present yourself before God as one who approved, one who handled this good gift that had been entrusted to you, and then you have entrusted this to other people around you. Yeah. And he kind of just gives really black and white um, commands here. Hmm. He talks about a worker does not need to be ashamed of one who correctly handles the word of truth. Yeah. As you handle the word of truth, there's going to be pushback. People are going to have all kinds of things to say, mm-hmm. especially in today's world where things are culturally acceptable. 
the Bible's drawn a line saying, no, that's not, that's not good. It's not beneficial. It's not acceptable. It's not godly yeah. at the end of the day. And he says, avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. And so as we're navigating yeah. what's been entrusted to us, and we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Mm-hmm. As we're hanging out with people, but we're being the influencer, not the influenced. Don't get caught up in those civilian affairs. Yep. Don't get caught up in gossipy and slanderous mm-hmm. debates about whatever, whether it's politics or some reality TV show or your neighbor or your in-laws. I don't right. know. Verse 17 says that too. So they're teaching. So again, this false teaching will spread like gangrene yep. among them. And then he names specific people. And I actually really like it when yeah. Paul names specific people because that is a real life example of how we need to handle these types of confrontation, whether I know the new Testament speaks about that too. Like, Hey, first you alone, you go confront somebody and then two or three confront someone and then the church. Yeah. And so I love that Paul's doing that. I love that he's confronting like this false teaching and naming folks. And he does that in other ways in blessing. And so I think that that's helpful. And I think that's actually a really applicable Hmm. learning for us. But the picture of gangrene, we also talked about, and that was one of those examples that so within a church setting, within a family setting, you kind of measure like, hey, what's go- who's, who, who's needing prayer? Like what's going on? Are we having growth? And so that word growth being a metric of success where it's like, oh, wow, okay, this is going on and that's really great. And this is going on and that's really great. And that's growing. And sometimes we look at things and we identify and we're like, wow, that's growing. But what's going on? Because not everything that's growing is good. Things that are growing like gangrene, like gangrene <laughs> can Fungus. grow and spread. Yeah. And you got to cut that off. Literally, yeah. that's what happens. And the infection gets so bad that it actually it actually needs to be separate from the rest of the body. So, so with the gangrene. point you're making from tracking with you is that just because something is growing does not mean it's godly. You have to look at the content of what is growing. Like, yeah, the, way to bring it home. It, right? Yep. Yep. And so that's okay. what Paul's kind of talking yeah. about here is like, hey, just so you know that this false teaching that these folks, these specific folks are doing, this is like gangrene, meaning it's growing in a bad way. Yeah. Well, is, what's helpful for me looking at this is I, I, I traditionally avoid naming other people specifically. Hmm. Like in my heart, I'm just a little bit uncomfortable. Like I'm, I'm not out here to gossip and slander, but here Paul's actually naming people saying, that's a false teacher. That's a false teacher. Right, which isn't gossip and slander because he just told us not to do that. Exactly. And that's just a, a thing that I'm having to wrestle with in my own heart where mm. it's like, you don't, I don't enjoy calling people out. Yeah. But it's actually necessary. Yeah, well, that I think in love. And, yeah, yeah, in love and clothed in humility, we actually need to say, hey, this person's teaching is not helpful. Um, yeah. And Paul's doing it right here. He's saying Hymenaeus and Philetus. They've departed from the truth. And yeah. so there might be times where we actually have to name preachers, teachers, people out there saying... Avoid their their teaching. It's not helpful. And here's a biblical reference for that. We do it in love and clothed in humility. And then how this kind of chapter ends is he says, hey, there's going to be people who are used by God for common use and those who have special use, verses 20 through 21. And then he again just lays it out really clearly. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. Focus on what is important. Major in the majors, minor in the minors. Yeah. God's going to get glorified. We're going to be all right. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, because we belong to him. Yeah. yeah God's so I work. think that's another thing. Like we can control and get legalistic about these things in this chapter when I think verse um, 19 speaks to that. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are mm-hmm. his and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. Even, so we trust yeah. and we belong. Even the ending. Yeah. Sorry, last thing, just 25. <laughs> it says it right here. So it's better I get the Lord's Lord, the, the word of the Lord than my word. He says, opponents must be gently instructed in the yeah. hope that God will grant them repentance and leading them to a knowledge of truth. So I'm not sure what these <laughs> interchanges between Paul and um, uh, Hymenaeus and Philetus would look like, but here he's saying, call them out, be gentle and kind. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good word for us today, especially for the Twitter people. Yeah, oh, yeah. Amen. All right. God bless you. Too. Thanks for chiming in and, and joining us for the study of 2 Timothy 2. We'll be back with you on uh, Wednesday and Friday, and we hope that uh, you'll, you'll enjoy the scriptures as much as we do. All right. God bless you guys. See ya. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.